welcome you to the Junction Church, and uh, always happy to at least see the camera, but I know you're behind the camera, so happy to see you all as well. Um, just as usual, we have virtual offering plate on our website on the Give button, or you can text the word Junction Church, one word, to 77977. And uh, just for those of you who call the Junction Church your home, uh, our treasurer wanted to just uh, make you all aware we are a little bit behind budget right now. We've been doing all we can to save some money. Uh, but like many, uh, just a difficult time for finances, so we just wanted to make sure our church family is aware of that. Um, with that, we are super, super stoked to have uh, Kyla and Zavea here to share about a cool little adventure coming their way. And so I'm not sure who's coming up first, but uh, is coming up first, so we're going to welcome Zavea. I'm going to steal this. Can I steal this, Kathy? Good morning, everybody. Welcome online. Can you hear me, Michael? Yay, sound check. I just want to start, as um, Jesse was speaking, uh, the word, the emotion came to my mind was fear, and um, I just want to repent of that and just really just recognize that Holy Spirit is here, and um, he's called us to do this, and so he's going to speak through us. And so I'm just going to go on my knees because as an act of worship, Father God, I just pray right now that you would speak through me and Kyla today. Father, I just pray that Holy Spirit come for those that are in their rooms and in their, in their couches watching, Father God, may you open their hearts, open their hearts to you, God. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, we are praying to the God of the universe Wow. Speak through me, Lord Jesus, I pray that your words be spoken through me and that people hear and they open their hearts. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Amen. So welcome, everybody. For those of you that don't know me online, um, I'm Svea. I have a whole exciting story, <laughs> but uh, I talked to Jesse about speaking. Um, Kyla and I are going to, Kyla's coming up in a few minutes to speak, and so I just wanted to share my heart, um, what's kind of been going on uh, over this period of the pandemic, and so I just felt like Holy Spirit was wanting to share some of this stuff with, with other people, and so here we go. So um, there was a few words that kept coming up uh, as I was praying for speaking, and the first one is identity. The second one is uh, slavery. The third one's surrender, and the fourth one's awaken. <clears throat> so the first one's identity, and um, I grew up in, in a Christian home. I called myself a Christian, and uh, I identified with being a Christ follower. I attended weekly services. We prayed every uh, meal. Um, I tithed as a, as a young kid. I understood the benefits of tithing. Um, it wasn't until actually my husband and I uh, came to the Kootenays where God totally crushed me and uh, my identity. And uh, I discovered that I, I had the wrong identity. It was in all the wrong things. I called myself a Christian, and yet I wasn't actually living as Christ called us to live. I was really fixated on um, my career. I'd spent six years doing 
uh, schooling. I wanted to be the best wife possible. I read all these books on parenting. My husband and I have one biological son and an adopted son, and so um, everything was good. Life kind of coasted. It was great, um, but there was still something kind of missing within myself, and um, when we moved here, I can't tell you how many things, <laughs> the, um, it's so interesting how uh, spiritual warfare has come up against us uh, time and time again, and we couldn't understand what was going on because uh, it, when we lived in the Okanagan, it was just smooth sailing. There was no issues. And uh, I had people in my work environment attacking me on a daily basis, um, uh, people attacking my character, who I was. Um, and because I held my identity in, my, in, in what I did, it was very impactful to me. Um, I would come home attempting to be a safe place, and we were in a, a, a certain situation where, um, no word of a lie, um, my sister-in-law works in the movie industry, and she actually watched a couple of these videos and told me that our neighbor should be a character uh, in, in a video. And so it was uh, like, mind-boggling to me the different things that were going on on a day-to-day -day basis and my husband and I were like what are we doing we're being kind back to these people and they're still pushing 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 um it was really beyond what was considered normal for us we couldn't figure out what was going on and so we're like this mediocre Christian lifestyle is just really not not working for us um after uh after a period of time uh, Jacob my husband basically said to me um, you need to decide what you want to do. Is your, is your career worth um, everything? Is it your identity? And so um, God gave me a passion in my heart, and this is very weird, but this is just what God's given me, is to really educate and care for people that have open wounds. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, that's what my specialty is in. And um, I really recognize now that God's given me a passion for that um, in terms of uh, children and young adults that have come from uh, trauma backgrounds. And so um, kids that come from really hard places, and even though the wounds that I see on a day-to-day -day basis in work is really realistic to what I see in a day-to-day -day basis when we're working with our kids that come from hard places because their wounds are open and gaping. And um, God's called my husband and I to care for those people. So at this period in time, Jacob and I still were trying to figure out what was going on, and so we got deeper and deeper into volunteering. The volunteering came from a really wrong place in our hearts where we felt obligated to support the church, and um, the true Christian lifestyle sacrifice, we were feeling more and more empty, and we couldn't quite figure out why. We actually started questioning what it was like to be uh, part of the church, and we were like, why do we even want to be part of a church? I don't even like church. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to bring people into a church when I don't even like being in this place? And um, I really started questioning that. If we're the body of Christ, why do we feel so drained and incomplete? Um, were we doing something wrong? Um, I had talked to someone at this period of time about a dream that I had in, in regards to working with kids um, from really wounded places because that's my passion and my desire to disciple um, young people into um, coming to a place of healing and then them also discipling others. And um, I shared my heart um, with them around uh, trauma and how different kids' behaviors in our church setting is a direct result of the pain that, that they're, they're suffering with because there's always a root cause. And um, the person said to me, that's great. 
I'm praying for someone that they will come and fill this position. And I was like, God, I'm pretty sure you called me to this. What is going on? Um, and at that point, God really, really met, like spoke to me and really shared. Um, it took me a while because bitterness really entered my heart. And um, I ended up quitting my job, which we moved all the way out to the Kootenays to do. Um, it completely wrecked me because I couldn't understand, like, God, you called us out to this place. Now I'm quitting my job. Are we going to be able to afford our house? Um, all of these things that keep coming to your brain because my identity was not focused on, on Christ. And um, on the church front, um, Jacob and I felt to go, uh, called to go to Haiti. We had been supporting an orphanage for about five years um, where uh, we, oh, there it is, yes, um, where we felt like we needed to go. Um, I read a, a book called Overrated, and it talks a lot about um, really checking out where we're putting our money. And um, uh, so we wanted to go check out this orphanage and see where our money was actually going. And so um, God really prepared us through this pe uh, period of time, um, and we didn't really know exactly what was going on, but I knew it was God because my husband is uh, very... Um, He's watching right now, too. Um, he's very specific, and he has a way of being. And when he agrees with me, I know that we're in the right track and God's in it. So he's like, yeah, let's go to Haiti. I'm like, wow, okay, that's a God thing. Um, at this point, we were super hurt by our church, um, and we felt like we had no support from our church people. And we're like, these people are Christians, and yet they're not supporting us. So, yikes, again, my identity was crushed because my, my identity was in the church. So, as we were in Haiti, God did something in my heart. He was showing his love for me. Did you hear that? Many times we attend church service, and Jesse's been talking about this a lot. Jesus loves me for who I am. That's so big. This was a huge revelation for me. Because God was showing me how much he loved the children in this orphanage. Um, this orphanage runs like how I wish the ministry here in BC would run, where it is a family environment where there's uh, parents and there's about six kids per family that live in a home and, and function as a family. This is the heart that I saw for BC, our own, our own communities, um, that was running so well in Haiti. Um, at this point in time, um, there was about boys between ages 12 and um, 14 years old that because of the earthquake uh, they were, have been available for adoption for quite some time and um, my heart broke for these kids um, because many times we, we you know um, we adopted our son um, as a baby our other son Mason and um, I love the babies love them <laughs> But at the same time, God was also loves these children, these 12 to 14-year-olds, loves them just as much as he loves these young, these young babies. And um, God spoke to me at this point and said, um, I love these boys so much that you will parent one of them. And I was like blown away because I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. My husband's like not going to agree to this. So I never said anything to him about it. Um, I remember um, at this point, um, I really truly remembered why Jesus died on the cross. And I think sometimes we forget, as we call ourselves Christians, that 
he didn't just die for the sinners because he died for us too because we are the sinners and we are part of the church. And so if Jesus loves this boy so much, he, he took us all the way to Haiti just to prove how much he loved me. Um, this is a picture, and we didn't even know at this point in time, or Jacob didn't even know he took this photo. It's a really bad photo of Golson, but I'll show you later. Um, <laughs> um, there's me and Golson. We actually ended up going to his old orphanage um, after the earth earthquake. They had to shut it down because it was too unsafe. And so he was the one boy that came with us to uh, translate, who now um, is going to be our son, and I'll share that in a minute. So when I came back home, I was a complete wreck. Um, we, we had a calling on our lives to love kids and teens from hard places, and we had no really way to do it. Um, we felt that we were being pushed from a lot of Christian people. I, I remember several people would say, oh, how could you do that to your own children? <laughs> um, and we had many, many comments um, like that. Um, I remember we had one kid uh, that comes from a really, really hard place, and I got a call before I... Um, uh, brought them to youth, and uh, the individual scolded me and said, you know they must behave if they're going to attend my youth group. At that point, my heart was so broken, because if I was to believe that the cross changes everything, how can I can, uh, agree that these children have to come to our house, our place, God's place? It's not my place to change them. So God showed me that this love for his children would be replaced, his love would be replaced instead of their brokenness, the love through me would show them Christ's love. It wasn't me that was going to change them. So they show up, and that's great. The lies that had whispered um, from the devil for years, um, Romans actually 15, 7 says, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I'm learning to accept the person as a child of God and not their behaviors. That's a hard one. We all have behaviors we come in with. We all have, a lot of us, most of us actually, unless we're going to lie, have trauma, um, have um, past backgrounds, and a lot of times those behaviors are actually a root, a deeper meaning of something actually going on within our hearts. Only God can give supernatural um, love, and I can do nothing on my own accord to change people's behaviors. I had to change my focus entirely. I was totally broken down and had to learn how to trust God in falling forward. And as Mark says, falling on my face. And then you learn how to pick yourself up again, or Christ picks you up. So Galatians 5 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Then do not let yourselves be burn, burdened by a yoke of slavery. This verse is so powerful to me because Christ has set me free. I can share my freedom with others, and they can be free from guilt of obligations and religious rituals. The more I trust Holy Spirit to lead me, the more freedom I see in other people's lives. I lived under law. Oh, the next slide, sorry, Tyler. Um, identified as a Christian, and yet I didn't even know how much I was loved by my Abba Father. How many people can actually say that? Abba Father, you are my Father. God showed me his love, 
even as I reflect on my experiences, I remember that um, I too have been bound by religion, and this is a, a day-to-day <laughs> struggle with me, um, to walk in God's freedom and accept his love. Because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Jesus, ex- Jesus, Jesus says it is finished for the sinners, and Jesus said it is finished for the Pharisees. None of us are immune to sin. Sin is always knocking on our door. The devil is great at encouraging us to fall down and then accusing us after we fall. We live in a world full of distractions. The more information and knowledge coming at us at every single second of every single hour of every single day. Everyone wants to post their beliefs, their opinions on social media. We have the same, um, we all live in the same current world. We can easily be distracted by all the things that are getting going on, about people's opinions, about all these different things that are going on. But God says, so I say, live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to sinful nature. There are conflict with each other so that you do not, or so that you do not do what you want. Yikes. Um, but we are led by the, uh, the Spirit and not under law. Isn't that so amazing? Every time I get stuck in these judgments, um, these opinions about people, I say, God, how do you see these people? How do you see these people? Through what lens am I looking at it? The next slide is surrender. God has called each and every one of us to something. I know people have said to Jacob and I, I don't know how you do it. And I say, I don't know how you don't do it. (laughs) There are things that you have been called to that I have been called to. They're going to look completely different. Yes, we look like a different family. Of course we do. But God is calling us on this path and we must continue. We all have passions and desires that God has placed on our hearts. And my prayer today is that you be released to the desires of your heart that you start to pursue what, has, what God has called you to do. For me, it is the desire to disciple teens and young kids that come from, um, from hard places that have never experienced the love of Abba Father. Because through Jacob and I, we can show them God's love. When we, when we pray, this is a hard one, God, break us. He does, he does a new work in our hearts and our minds. He challenges us to change. Just as the scripture says in John 15, he says that he is the true vine and our father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. How many of us in our church settings are bearing things that our branches are wide open that are not bearing fruit and when we say god break us he cuts those off does it hurt yes (laughs) um but while every branch in me that bears no fruit he prunes so that he will help us to be more fruitful you are already clean because the word i have spoken to you So remember, don't get stuck in the guilt and the shame because God has already spoken. Remain in me and I remain in you. I just want you to pause for a second as you're sitting there 
and just really just listen to Holy Spirit as Jesse was saying, um, God, how do you see me? How do you see me? When I came to the realization that I was trying to do things on my own accord, I was letting God, I wasn't letting God, my father, be the pruner or the gardener for me. I was attempting to plant my own garden and do my own watering, and nothing was coming up. Um, and God was coming, God ended up coming into my life and pruning off branches that were bearing no fruit. As I said, does it hurt? Yes. But I stand steadfast that Christ never does things without developing perseverance, and he always, always keeps his promises, as in James says. The next slide. So as I was praying about speaking today, I, I somehow as we're um, we were driving after seeing, I was driving after seeing a patient, and God gave me this image of um, the illustration in the book of the Dawn Treader from the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. It's a really, um, you know, I've read the books years and years ago, and I don't know how it came to me. It must have been the Holy Spirit, because I'm like, where did this come from? Um, there was a boy named young Eustace who lived a, a life of pride and couldn't stand the way that people did things. He was very good at finger pointing. So he would annoy his cousins, Lucy and Edmund, and uh, after suffering uh, damage from a storm of the Dawn Treader, it was this, the big boat that they were on, they got landed on an island, and uh, Eustace finds this cave where he finds a treasure, and he places the treasure on his arm and at that point, he becomes a dragon, turns into a dragon. The whole time, he'd, uh, they didn't figure out till later, you'd have to watch the movie or read the book, um, but Eustace basically finds out how amazing he could work through this experience and help them um, get that boat back up and working, um, being a dragon because he could fly everywhere and whatever. Um, but that's not the point. Uh, the part that I see myself in in the story is when Eustace um, realizes that the boat is leaving. And uh, he, he realizes he can't go with them because uh, he's a dragon and he's not going to fit. So Aslan, if anybody's uh, read the books or watched the shows, um, he comes to Eustace in a dream, or he comes as he's sleeping and he, he tells him to undress. So Eustace tries, he tries to peel off and claw at himself to undress from the dragon, and he couldn't do it. Um, he, he desperately tried to shake those scales off, but it just didn't work. After three times of the ordeal, he began to fear that he just never would be anything but a dragon. But Aslan's voice um, whispered to him, you will have to. Let me undress you. Wow. And Aslan tore the skin from Eustace. He picks him up and plops him into a pool. Each layer that he tore off was painful, but it was also satisfying because the next layer of skin was coming off. And at the end, all of those layers revealed his true self, Eustace was back. Jacob and I have met lots of spiritual warfare. The warfare that we meet is often met with pain, and the pain ends in another layer revealed of the true identity of who we are in Christ. 
that we were given to share God's love. Most of what we see in lies that the devil has whispered to many of the kids and adults that we share um, Christ's love with is years and years of bondage that's bound by this treasure, the bracelet that's held them. As Eustace was a dragon, we hold these treasures so dearly we don't want to get rid of them. We see people freed from years of rejection. I am not loved. I am not valued. I am worthless. I'm better than other people. I'm not as bad as that person. God is calling us to something greater. I want to be someone that shines a light for others. Sometimes our true identity is hidden under this skin of dragon, a mask hiding our true selves. For me, uh, my identity was in my own ambitions, what I could do because I was a follower of Christ. That's not right. I am Christ in me because he loves me first. He loves me first. Then I want to do for Christ. For Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He raised from the grave on the third day. If we believe this, church, the cross changes everything. It changes the way we love others. It changes the way we live. God is on the move. We need to stop hiding from the shadows of fear and doubt and frustration. God is present today as he was yesterday, as he is tomorrow, as he is for eternity. We do not need to feel isolated or alone or feel fearful of what's going on in the world today because wherever we go, God is with us. Do you believe that? I leave with one question. Will you be willing to ask God to break you today? Because if you do, he will do it. God will take you to a place where he wants to heal you from previous hurts and losses. Maybe you're like me and being a Pharisee and, and um, calling out on other people's issues and other people's brokenness. It is not our place to change people. Christ changes us. Some of you have been living with shame, guilt, fear, rejection. He wants to take those things and he wants to give you so much more than that. For we live by faith and not by sight. Let God release you. Two years after God had told me uh, that our son would be ours, whew, um, I sat here and uh, Jacob actually um, sent me a letter because I never told him who it was and he called the son, our son's name, Golson Menard. I knew it was God because there was no way Jacob would have known any other way. And just recently I was told um, that our adoption, we've been waiting for two and a half years, that our adoption would take a lot longer. We need to wait another year. There's our son, Golson. Um, and so I was told I need, to, I need to wait, and I was like, God, really? So again, I started going through those, those periods of fear and doubt, and I'm like, wait a minute. I stand firm in Christ's identity. I stand firm knowing that he has called this into fruition, and it will happen. 
and God told me something will happen in April. After I was told on Friday that I need to wait at least another year and I need to stop bugging them, <laughs> I got a call on Monday that we were meeting with the government of Haiti on Wednesday. See, God proves himself through and through every single day. He doesn't just show up. He doesn't just show up. He shows off. So, church, will you first remember, where is your identity? Who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ? Forget all of the religion. Forget all of the other things that come when we stand in a church for 25 years and we attend service, this is a great opportunity to recognize who are you in Christ. Slavery, for you do not have to live in, as a slave anymore. Why are people not coming to Christ? Because people don't want to be Christians. People do not want to sit in the pews and die. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus. We are set free, so start living free. And surrender. We need to surrender our lies, what treasures we hold. Repentance actually means surrender. God, I surrender being a Pharisee. I surrender that I am better than anyone else. I surrender. And then awaken. See, God, if you ask him to break you, he will awaken your true identity in Christ. Go and live. Let us be the body that shows off the reason why we get up every day to live. People want something more. How many self-help books are there in today's society? How many spiritual awakening comments do we see on social media? We need to be the change through Christ. He strengthens us to live and live freely and fully. It's because he lives in us that we can then do good works. We don't do good works just because. That's not the way it works. I've tried it. It does not work. We are saved by grace, and we share the good news of Christ living in us. And I call the church to do the same. I call the church, I, I speak that out, that you would live freely in Christ. People are dying to know our Jesus, our Abba Father. In ending, <laughs> I would like you to, uh, to introduce you to Kyla. Um, she's heard from God. She's really not wanting to come up, but I really believe that God has a great word um, and God is speaking through her on a day-to-day -day basis, and God is miraculous. Um, and she's just another example of God living in us and, and um, the freedom that he gives us every day. So I'd just like to share um, about this exciting opportunity for uh, Kyla to be going to Guatemala to teach English and uh, computers, and she'll share a little bit about it. Um, and I'll just briefly um, end in this, that I was given a word three years ago. I was, I'm good friends with her mom. And um, she, uh, Kyla was really struggling at a period of time. She was living in Alberta, and she'll share a little bit about that. And uh, God said to me, pray for Kyla. And I was like, okay. 
Um, so I have a little prayer thing, and I started praying for Kyla, and then Kyla showed up at her house um, at one point in time, and uh, she, uh, um, I, I saw her face, and God said, she's moving in with you. And I was like, okay. So I think I creeped her out a little bit because I said to her that um, she could come and nanny our kids, and she was like, uh, that's weird, uh, and then left back to Alberta, and I continued to pray for her on a regular basis since three years ago, um, and uh, Kyla's been living at her house for two years now, and um, God's faithfulness through her story, let this be... Um, let this be your opportunity for an awakening in your own hearts, how God not only shows up, but he shows off. So will you take this journey with us? Kyla's going to come up, and I'll, I'm going to stand beside her, because this is very scary. Um, so this is from, this picture is um, from the first year that I was living with the Menards. Um, I'll get into it, but this is our, our happy picture. It's very normal. Um, I first started believing in God when I was a young kid. Um, from as early as I can remember, I was a believer. Um, neither of my parents were, though. Uh, they thought that religion was silly. The big man floating in the sky is, that's hilarious. Um, growing up, uh, my life was pretty rough. Um, I ran away from my mom's house it, when I was seven, and I ended up in my dad's house who was living in Manitoba. Um, his girlfriend at the time was expecting, and I was really excited to be a big sister again. Um, unfortunately though, my brother passed away during childbirth, and um, I was only seven. The devil came into my life and he whispered to me that if God really loved me, he wouldn't have taken my brother. And I held that as a treasure. I was like, no, that's real. That, how could this be? You, you don't really love me because you wouldn't have taken him from me. And I was crushed. I went to church, um, but I never took anything away from it. Um, as I was growing up as a teenager, I felt unlovable and worthless, horrible. All these things that I was treasuring just, I had them all in my heart, and I, they were true. They were true to me. And I was doing everything out of obligation or out of spite, because that's what you do when you don't know the love of God. Um, I had a really rocky relationship with my stepmom, um, who was my primary care provider after her and my dad got divorced. Um, I remember one afternoon, I was in high school, and I was skipping classes. I didn't want to go. I was hanging out at the smoke pit. I was like, I don't what's the point? And she told me I should just drop out. There's no point because I'm not going to graduate anyways. So I was like, you know what? I'll show you. And I graduated with honors. Um, I came to visit my biological mom who was living in Castlegar um, in 2018. And that's when I had met the Menards and creeped me out a little bit. And um, that's when God really started knocking on my door again, um, and all those cherished lies I had in my heart just wouldn't allow me to open the door. I, I was like, no, that's not for me. That's, that's not my life. Thank you, though. 
Um, after the summer, I went back to Calgary, and I really hated living there my whole life. I hated it there. It's too big. There's too many people. It's too busy. Did not like it. Um, but somehow, after coming out here for the summer, I hated it so much more. It was the worst. And I told everybody I knew, I hate Calgary. I want to get out. I hate it. Um, Svea called me at the end of May in 2019 and asked if I would come nanny for them in the summer. And I really wanted to come out again, um, but I was working two jobs to pay for my two cats and my, my housing, and it just it really wasn't the right time. So I, I said, no, it's not, it's not going to work. June 10th, 2019, Svea calls me up and she says, well, what about September through June? Would that work? And I was like, yep. That would. I said yes to her before I talked to anybody about it. I was like, yes, that is, that's the right answer. Because God was speaking through me to tell me what I needed to do. And um, at the time, I was in a really toxic relationship. We were dating for five years. Um, it, was, it was really bad. And uh, I brought it up with my boyfriend after I had told Svea yes. I was like, hey, I, I want to talk to you about going to BC. Um, Svea offered me a job from September through June. And he responded with, uh, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want you going. Here I am. I left anyways. <laughs> um, we broke up a few months after I moved out here because I just knew it wasn't the right thing for me. Um, a while later in 2020, I was living here for almost a year. And in August, uh, I, Svea was speaking at the end of August, I came and I, I was like, yeah, I'll show my support to her because she would do the same for me. And so I went, not, not believing in God. I was like, yeah, you know, it's not for me still. And um, I heard God tell me to go and talk to Marg. And I was like, I have never been prayed for. What do I need to go talk to her about? And I remember the first thing she said to me when I walked up, she said, I saw God tap on your heart with a glass little hammer and it shattered. And I was like, okay then, thank you. Uh, that's great. Um, so I answered the door finally. Um, Lyle came over halfway through. Um, I'm pushing the wrong button. You all know Lyle, uh, God's wizard. He speaks through Lyle like no one's business. It's, it's, it's creepy a little bit. Love him though, it's great. Um, <laughs> He prayed over me as well, and um, it really just awakened something in me that I, I love, <laughs> didn't know before. Um, earlier this year, I got baptized in the Menards hot tub, and um, it's just been such an amazing year for me spiritually. Um, I have uh, fi finally figured out how to love myself through loving God, um, which is awesome. Um, I have always had a heart for um, the vulnerable and working with people to provide them with the safety that I craved my whole life. And my heart really just breaks for injustice and inequality, um, and God has put it on my plate, um, this really amazing opportunity to go to Gu Guatemala working with um, children and teens to teach them English and um, computers, uh, which is something I'm really good at. English is like my favorite subject on the planet. Um, my dad works in IT, so I grew up around computers. Um, so I would be working with uh, Gregorio and Candelaria, um, who both grew up with underprivileged families. 
Um, so this is a picture of them and their two sons. Um, and Gregorio made beaded bracelets for $10 a year for four years. With the $40 that he made, he bought a sewing machine and he put himself through tailoring school at nighttime um, for two years. At, he graduated at the age of 12. With all of that knowledge that he acquired and a lot of sewing, <laughs> he put himself through high school and then university, which is not very common for people in Guatemala. Um, Candelaria grew up collecting firewood and flowers in her soup, or for, for soup. Um, she struggled to get to school, but her father, unlike many parents in Guatemala, decided that she was going to get an education. Because of that, she was able to graduate her high school, and um, then she went on to university where she met Gregorio. Um, they worked to teach Spanish to foreigners, um, and they just thought they could do better than that. They founded their Spanish school in 1999 with a loan of $500 from a German friend of theirs. And with years of work, they have grown it to be one of the best language schools in the entire nation. Um, they teach one-on-one -on -one lessons over on, like online um, to over 200 students in 25 countries. Um, Gregorio and Candelaria have always dreamt of being um, more than just business owners. They wanted to be more. They knew that that was their calling. Um, to to spread the love of God through teaching and educating children. In 2011, they started the Forjando Mi Mañana, which means forging my tomorrow. Um, applying the business principles they learned in university um, and accountability and social work that is so urgently needed. Schools in Guatemala are predominantly Spanish um, and most of the underprivileged children are Mayan. So they're not taking away anything they need because it's in another language. Um, imagine going to a school not knowing anything and the school's in Japanese and you're an English speaker so you have no idea what's even going on and you're trying your best and it's just setting you up for failure time and time again. Poverty is just such a generational curse um, and if you don't have a chance to be fairly educated then you don't have a chance to break the curse and you're bound to repeating history. Um, if your family works in the fields, that's all you're going to be doing as generations progress, making beads or selling fruit on the street, just anything to get by day by day. So that's, um, that's one of the girls teaching um, English. Um, the entire point of their organization is to equip young people with the necessary education to further advance themselves and others around them. If you have a better education, you can get a better job, and then you can advance the economy, and just all around, education is a good thing. Breaking the generational curse placed upon them by getting educated. Allowing them to move past, I need to get through today, into uh, I'm gonna get through tomorrow um, mentality. Some of the students win scholarships, um, to go and further their education in other countries. Yeah, we do. We, we have two um, girls from the same um, organization that are here right now um, in Nelson. And um, the, <clears throat> the, one of the best parts about this organization is the sustainability that it creates. Um, so I'm going to go there and I'm going to teach English to teens in the morning and then those same teens are going to go and teach English to the smaller children 
and therefore it's not just the white man coming in or the white woman or the white person coming in and just saving them. It's, I'm going to teach you so you can teach others. Um, it's about walking hand in hand and not, I'm pulling you, you're going to listen to me. It's passing the torch. Um, so this is me and my siblings. Um, I basically raised them all, uh, except for the two in the front. They, that's my, my, my stepmom's husband. Um, but I have, like I said, have always loved working with children. Um, it's just, I think, where I've been called. Um, and so I'm going to be going to teach English and computer skills and just to provide a mentorship so that we can walk hand in hand together. Um, so I am talking up here today just um, because I am asking for some prayer. Um, I know that's something that I'm going to need. Um, I'm raising funds to bring down some things that I'm, we're going to need for the school itself. Um, such as MacBooks, table games, school supplies, general supplies like toothbrushes, hairbrushes, feminine supplies, um, things that are just so much more expensive in Guatemala because of the poverty. Um, and so I set up an Instagram account. Um, so if those of you who want to reach out and either hear a little bit more about what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, um, it's Kyla underscore forging. Un a bunch of underscores, uh, forging my tomorrow with underscores in between each word. Um, or you can email me um, at kylajadeherd at gmail.com um, and I can give you some more information about that. Um, yeah. Um, they also are set up with the Multi-Nation Missions Fund, or Foundation. Um, it's a Canadian charitable organization that supports their project. Um, so. If you just Google Forging My Tomorrow uh, Guatemala, um, it'll take you to their website and you can donate through their website through this um, organization. And um, they've, got, they've just got so many amazing projects. Um, and I, I think it's gonna be great. I'm really excited. I'm leaving in July um, and I'll be back in September. And um, yeah, that's my, ta-da! Just as the worship team comes up, we're going to just take a moment to uh, just to pray. Uh, God, we thank you for Kyla and Savea. God, uh, thank you for the opportunity to listen to all the great things you're doing in their lives. And God, we pray uh, that you be going ahead of uh, Kyla and uh, God providing her needs, providing the connections that she's going to make down in Guatemala. Uh, God, we thank you for how you're at work in her life. God, and for Savea and Jacob, God, uh, their, their new son, and um, I just pray for it's all the little details continue to come into place. God, bless them and their family, and uh, just all that they they do. Uh, so, God, we, as the Junction Church, uh, just, uh, just bless them in their home and their future. In Jesus' name, amen.